0: Welcome to the Sippy Girls podcast. Sippy Girls is about the adventures of outdoor sorority sisters. Encouraging women in Mississippi to push their limits. Hey y'all, welcome in to another episode of Sippy Girls. I'm so excited! We have our very first guest. Very I didn't
1: first, know I know we get
0: first. Yeah, <gasps> oh,
1: I feel really. Excited about that. Thank yeah. you. Well,
0: I've heard a lot of really great things, and I truly enjoyed listening to the podcast you did with Recovery Lab. Thank
1: you. I appreciate that. I've enjoyed the several YouTube videos that I've watched of you, and then all the comments that I read that said, She's so badass. You know,
0: <laughs> God, Ashley is amazing. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. I think that um, it's easier to look from the outside looking in, you know. Uh,
1: well, you are what you, you know, I don't know. Don't cut, don't, don't be too humble. <laughs> You're, you've got a fan base for sure. And I see why. I well, totally see you. why. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to be here. I, um, I did a recovery podcast with um, Recovery Lab recently talking about recovery, what that means for me. Um, because I was an adolescent when I got into some stuff and, i um been sober and in recovery for about six years now, almost seven, and um, and now I love working with adolescents. They're my favorite. Um, I do peer support with them, and um, I'm doing a, a camp now called Seek Intensives, S-E-K, and it's where kids, I don't know, have you ever heard of intensives before?
0: No, I haven't.
1: Okay, so it's kind of big in mental health um, because instead of you know this person needs so much help, they're going to, you know, they're they're at the level where they need to go to inpatient, right? Um, it's more of they need a boost. So for for us, it's we're taking kids that have had significant life changes, like a divorce or a loss in their family, or they're suffering from depression or anxiety, or. Or just simply don't know who they are right now, um, which is a lot of kids. But I think kids like me, especially, I felt that really hard. Um, and so we take kids out to Camp Tanglewood in the middle of Lawrence, Mississippi. Do you know that area? I haven't heard of that. Okay, yeah.
0: Well, I know where Lawrence is. Oh, you have? Country. Okay. yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The country. Yes. It's beautiful. It's like Yellowstone out there. I kind of felt like Beth, except Beth is not a camp counselor, you know? <laughs> yeah. it was. It's really cool. They have a huge lake. They've got um, areas for shooting or archery. We didn't do shooting because, you know, it wouldn't really be on brand for us. Um, but, but we get to take them out there and also teach them skills. So teach them experientials like the ropes courses where they um, can – build trust with their teammates where they I'm can. I'm sure that
0: it really helps just being in the outdoors.
1: Yes. And so in many that kids beautiful say that. country. Yes. Yes. Which is something I didn't realize for so long because I've been in, you know, I'm, I'm coming on your podcast, but I am a city girl at heart. Where I, did you grow up? I grew up in Montgomery, Alabama. Okay. Yeah. Um, which there are definitely some country folk there, but not. Not really. Um, not like here. Not on Mississippi's level. No, not <laughs> at all. Not at all. Because it's like everyone hunts here. Almost. When did you come to
0: Mississippi? Um,
1: Good question. Like four to five years okay. ago.
0: Yeah. So you grew up in Alabama?
1: I did. Yes. Grew up there. Um, moved to DC for a while. Got even more city. And then I believe it or not chose to move here. <laughs> and I can
0: believe it. Because, I'll say this, with what I do, I get to travel a lot. Yeah. And Louisiana is like a different country. I know it's just Mm -hmm. a three-hour drive where I hunt gators, but it's just like stepping out of the car is so completely different. There's the Spanish moss hanging down. It's just completely different. But when Mm -hmm. we've been in other parts of the country, it's like you step out and you know you're somewhere different. And in Mississippi, there's just that. It's just home for me.
1: Yes. So I love it. Well, and it feels like it's home for me now because uh, Good. My, my family says, you know, you're either going to be small fish in a big pond or big fish in a small pond. Um, and I definitely prefer the latter. Like I know everyone I need to know. A dentist. My, my best friend's friend is a whatever, you know, a lawyer. A, uh, I don't know. It's just it's easy to get connected here, or at least it was for me. Maybe that's because I. Have no, family. I think that
0: Mississippi is the hospitality state for a reason.
1: Definitely, definitely,
0: yeah. There's just a lot of good people, and not only that, but I find in Mississippi that we have a lot of people that are very eager to help our peers. Mm-hmm. We really are.
1: Yes, yes, and I mean I like I feel like a lot of people I know are doing some kind of charity, and they're. You know, on their um, extra time, I think that's the wrong word, but on their spare time, like some kind of give back or something of that nature.
0: I think that for me anyways, it's so easy for me to get people involved in the outdoors because of how much it helped me.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when did you start hunting or like what was your first... Um, you'll appreciate
0: this, actually. Um, I grew up in Jackson, Mississippi. Okay. I moved to small town Florence, Mississippi in middle school. And I was just really trying to find my way. I didn't have hunting land like everybody else did. I didn't, my dad didn't hunt growing up, but my dad was in the Navy and was an avid gun collector. So mm. I grew up with guns and we'd go out to the target range and shoot and things like that. But I'd never been deer hunting. Oh. So. I went, of course, you know, after high school and all, but I didn't have the passion for the outdoors then. I didn't care to, I didn't know what it was that was going to make me happy, but I didn't think that the patience of having to sit out there and just watch overloaded me to where I never tried it. Right. Right. The thought of having to sit there and be still and just watch for other things that you had no control over. Yeah. It was an odd concept to me, but, um, going out there, it changed my life. Yeah. I, um, I was a single mom with two kids and it was just a really hard time in my life. I'd met my husband that I'm married to now and we were just trying to figure it out. We're raising two kids. I'm very young. We have a 14 year age difference and I suffered a miscarriage. Mm. So, there was a lot of things going on with my body, even, you know, just hormones that were adding to a lot of it. And I didn't have an outlet. I had no way of expressing that grief or anxiety and emotions of what all that meant to me, because I was a mother of two children. I knew what it felt like to have that love. I knew what it meant to be pregnant. It knew. I knew that it meant I was growing a life. I knew what it meant to be a mom and that love and the feeling. So I was grieving what I know we weren't going to have, you know. And I think that my husband not understanding that was, it was a really hard time for us. And he said, one day I was sitting there and I was eating a bowl of Lucky Charms. And I was sitting at the kitchen table and he said, you know, I don't know the last time that I saw you smile, let alone laugh. And it broke my heart because I sat back and I realized I don't know when the last time, I don't know either. I couldn't answer the question. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have anything to go and do that I could be like, okay, look, nobody called me for four hours. I need an outlet. I didn't know what it, that even meant or what to do. So we went out there and hunted, and we had the coolest experience. And I just remember it being just days on days on end and being so thankful for every experience. We were sitting there one time, and I just remember being, you know, going to the doctor and dealing with all those things that came with that part of the process. And when I was out there in the woods, I experienced a peace like I had never felt before. Like, nothing else mattered. I knew that it just felt like where I was supposed to be. Yeah. And it was like an overwhelming feeling of, like, sitting down and who I was and being like, okay, this is something that I could do because I could really equivalent anything to hunting that I could with my life. Like if you go out there and just expect to, that you're going to kill a deer or whatever that you're hunting, it's just, you can't have that attitude and you can't have that attitude with life at all. You know, like, okay, well, I'm going to do this, this and that. And there's a lot of steps in the process that get you there. You need to know the land that you're hunting you need to know whatever it is that you're hunting there's so much to do to prepare for that one thing and the same is with life like the things that you have to do that make you the better person every single day getting up and doing that I didn't have the passion and drive I didn't not that I didn't feel satisfied in being a mother it was that it was the mundane things of okay well everybody's gonna still need laundry done every day everybody's gonna still need their dishes washed And so when I'd go out there and hunting, it's like I was really able to sit with myself in silence and learn about myself. Yeah, You know, learn that, okay, well, if you think that you have to go this far into the woods to get that deer and you're carrying a climber and it's 30 degrees, you better have your hand warmers. And not only that, but once you get in there and get climbed up that tree, you got to be able to get back down. And, you know, if you get it, you know, it was just, <laughs> yeah. it was really cool to me because it made me learn so much about myself and it made me who I am now. Yeah.
1: That's amazing. See, I didn't know that was the backstory from you now ending up a star on Swamp People. Well,
0: um, in Mississippi, it's really hard to get an alligator tag. And so okay. there's a tag. like one out of ten people that are, well, like if you go by the numbers that they do with the alligator program here I in guess Mississippi. I, I just don't know what to so, like, you put in, there's like 12,000 people trying to get a tag.
1: And that's a permit.
0: Yeah, like okay. a permit for, okay. the, for the gator. Sorry. And then Got in it. Mississippi, you get a permit, and you're allowed to go and hunt gators, but you can only kill one or tag it, put a tag through it. One over seven foot and one under seven foot. So, you only get one big gator, but you both of them can be under seven foot. It doesn't matter. But for management purposes yeah. and conservation, we do one gator over seven one under seven that way they can control you know what I mean because it has to right, be controlled right. of course but um I went out there and I'd gotten one of the zones that was just not gonna be a great zone it's like no well, nobody wants to take you everybody wanted to go alligator hunting but you got the wrong zone so mm. and I found this crew of people and they call themselves the River Reapers. And they'd been alligator hunting, you know, for years and taking people and getting tags to take people. So,
1: you found these people out in the woods?
0: I just searched them up.
1: Okay. So, you didn't just see them in the woods?
0: No. uh, Okay. I'm
1: visioning like you just ride up and you see the river reapers and you meet them and they take I would, though. This was
0: online. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but it would definitely don't okay. put that past me. It's a I good question.
1: Look, I'm gonna be asking the questions that people who don't hunt or you know, that don't like bugs get have. Um, I'm that's that's the role I'm gonna play right now, because <laughs> so, I'm I I have no idea. But okay, so you meet these river reapers, the river
0: reapers, and we went down there and hunted every day, and we're in Mississippi. You want to hunt at night just the bigger right. gators are out and because you can in louisiana mm-hmm. you're not allowed to hunt at night and we ended up hooking onto this gator and it was massive and we didn't know it at the time like in mississippi you have to he- catch it with a rod and reel and a treble hook it's just this massive hook okay and one of the guys that's on the boat just you know like lops it out and it comes down up underneath the gator's belly like this, and where the softer spot is, it makes it to where that that hook can really, you know, sink into their underbelly. That's the softest place on them to uh, grip it. Okay. And they're so tough that 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 doesn't bother them at all. Like this gator in particular, anyways. He didn't know he was caught. This one, he just we just got it in there ever so slightly without making him mad, and all of a sudden our he, boat—he did
1: not know he was caught. No,
0: well he found out real quick. Okay, all right. <laughs> so he he gets caught and we're he just starts walking the bottom of the river. And I'm like, Wait, the boat's moving and they're like, Yeah, we got a gator on. I mean, we, it was to the point of we were trying to get it I mean, we it was just like we were stuck in a stump. We were gonna try to get it off, you know, we're thinking this guy's about to we got it hooked into a stump and now we're not gonna be able to cast on this gator because we're stuck on this log. So we're like actively trying to get it off of this log and stump, whatever we thought it was caught on and this gator had been underwater for so long he hadn't had a breath he came up to the surface and he growled look when he let that breath out sarah oh my gosh i get anxiety think about it he come out with (sighs) and it was just the scariest sound it was like a dinosaurs on jurassic park (laughs) hot swamp people jurassic park he came out of that way. he was just like, and he just like surfaced his whole body. And it was like, it was the most incredible thing I've ever witnessed. And we had to get a snare and like you have a snare, we had a metal snare and you have to have them in a snare before you can shoot them in Mississippi because you don't want them to sink to the bottom and not be able to recover it. So right. we get the snare on, I mean, and this gator is just as live as he can be. And I mean, we're like literally going down the back of his head to get this snare onto him. We finally get a bunch of handlines in him and it went, once he realized that he was caught, he rolled and rolled and rolled into the side of that boat to where he couldn't move and go anymore because we had him with all the slack and he right. was just up onto the side of the boat and we were just all sitting there in amazement, like this is And it's a nighttime. Dinosaur. Yes. And
1: it's night this is horror movie level black. Are there horror movies about
0: alligators? If not, we're leaving right now and going and producing.
1: Right. Them. right. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that on here. Yeah. Oh
0: but um, he, I don't know how he didn't get away, but what he was doing was there was a bunch of islands down there in the marsh where there was a lot of hogs. Okay. And so he just had his free range of all the food he wanted. His jowls were huge. He could have ate you in one bite. So he's living the
1: best life. Best. Did you take that life? Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: And I remember he had his arm wrapped and wrapped and wrapped. And you never want to do that because if you don't have slack, that gator is going to be stronger than you on his bad days. So my dad had wrapped the thing around there and we we're like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. You're going to lose your arm or that gator's going to get, a, or the gator's going to pull your arm off. And my dad said, and I quote, well, the son of a is going to have to because I'm not losing Ashley's gator. And he got my gator, and we pulled him into the boat, oh. and he was massive. I mean, his head couldn't have even fit in this chair, just huge. And he's sitting so on sweet. my end table, and um, I got to take a picture laying across the back of it, and I had on a shirt that said, Proud Hunter, and that picture got back to the producers and they were like hey we would love for you to come down and alligator hunt which I was already hunting and everything anyways they just wanted to follow me around is this you know? how
1: we get to swamp people yeah oh my
0: god okay
1: and okay.
0: so um I was able to that was just what opened up the opportunity for alligator hunting and it was like okay this is something that I'm good at I can do yeah. this and um yeah. so it was really It's really been an awesome experience. I'm on there with a guy named Ronnie for the first four years. And then last year, um, Ronnie got a bunch of extra tags that needed to be filled. So we needed two boats for our tags. And there were also 350 tags extra to be won on who had the biggest average. So we had a lot to prove. And we really wanted those tags. Mr. Troy ended up winning those. But um, hopefully we'll be able to get all our tags filled this year. We have gator hunting coming up on the thirtieth this year. Okay, down in Louisiana and Mississippi season opens Friday at noon.
1: This Friday at noon.
0: Yep. So a lot plans. of a lot of gators coming up. Too
1: bad I'm busy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know you just hate that, right? <laughs>
1: <That's not laughs> okay. So why? Okay, I don't know if this will be a comfortable question for you, but why do you think you're good at that? What it? What? It, what about this? That's more enticing or better for you than deer hunting or something else
0: I think it's that everybody else is scared to do it okay and it's not something that is expected yeah I like that it's a surprise element and it's like it felt like that's what I've trained my whole life to do or be you know like my dad taught me at an early age how to shoot I've My brother's an army ranger and I've outshot him my entire life. So it just felt like, okay, that that's what I'm good at doing. Yeah. I also feel like, I mean, people will tell me that, you know, they enjoy being around me or talking to me, you know, but sometimes there's always that second guessing of, did I say the right thing? Or, you know, was that offensive or did I hurt her feelings? Or, you know, I just analyze each minute of it and in the outdoors and in nature, you don't have to do that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, you're kind of, like there's not the betrayal with humans mm-hmm. you know like it's different it's like you know animals especially an alligator you expect the aggressiveness from you know but then it's like it's he, the humans that really shock me yeah that's the that's the hard part i think i like i think that's what makes me good at it because i don't have to work with people
1: yeah yeah well that makes that makes sense i get it i could take it personal on my cat um, doesn't, you know, say hi to me or something, so, but I, I definitely... Are you a cat person? No, I'm a dog person. Yeah, me too. Um, my, my cat and I just have an agreement. We don't talk to each other, and I feed him sometimes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I, I, I think I'm a people person, so, like, I even put that on animals sometimes. I'm like, we did equine therapy at my rehab, and now I'm really into it, and you're basically... They gave me a rope, and a, and the horse was attached to the rope that they gave me. And I went out to the field and told them my life story. Yeah. And well, they're the only
0: ones that listen. Yes, but then
1: they don't. Then they like are interested in something else. And so like, I'm, wait, did you hear what I just said?
0: What? And then you tell them, like, did you hear what I just said? Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I I don't know. I I still took that personally. So I feel like there is a reverse between us where you're like not going to take things personally from an animal and I'm just might be, might be learning that Well, I think it's because
0: even with the animals, like I love, like I'm a hunter and, but I love animals. Mm -hmm. They're so sweet and they're just like, just trying to get there. Just give them some food, a safe place, a warm bed. That's me.
1: Yeah. (laughs) yeah <laughs> it's cool pets though.
0: though you're talking about pets not oh, no animals. I'm talking about animals in the wild my pets are so spoiled and brats oh they're such brats I've got three dogs a deer chickens you have deer well we have deer that come up back behind the house
1: okay and they're your pets now. yeah so
0: we're, and now they're having their little babies so they have their little spots back there a hunter so with deer. I love deer. I'm never killing. Do no people know deer. this?
1: Don't they come in your house? Don't no, people, they
0: just come up behind it.
1: I thought you saw I thought I saw a picture of them in your house. No. <laughs> okay. I
0: wish. I would try to, but they won't do it. Oh I'll just God. like Please here's here's my ball of corn come eat it out of my hand. Do they? No.
1: Okay. Like always looking over you. their shoulder for a rifle. You're not like offended by that. That they didn't come to you.
0: No, because she does most of the time. I mean, she will, but she knows she's safe there too. Like, I would be so upset if somebody were to shoot a deer over there. Yeah. I would take it personally.
1: Yeah. Well, I wouldn't want to mess with you. So, I mean, if you drop your address right now, I don't think anyone's going. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think the reverse is going to happen. Good. Yeah.
0: That's what I'll do is scare everybody off. Yeah. I mean,
1: you're. you're... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Let me run. That's great. (laughs) You look very harmless right now. Very beautiful woman. But in the video that I saw of you not wearing gloves, which one did you watch? Okay, I flipped around, but I saw one with this guy who um, kept calling you Princess. Hated that, but anyways. um, Was it Princess? Cinderella. Cinderella, yes. And you did not have gloves on.
0: Well, on that boat, particularly. Whatever you do, like if it's your boat, you're shooting. You're the shooter. Right. The other person has right. to grab the line. And so on that particular day, Ronnie needed some help with a limb that had fallen over where we were trying to get through for some new tags. So Mr. Troy and Ronnie swapped helpers. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have gloves. And Okay, so you would have used them. Oh, I would have loved to have them. I cried washing my hair that night. I was—I well, didn't cry really, but I was just like, man, I, I probably still have scars from that. It I just mean, ran the skin right o- off with off, him.
1: Right off, I saw it, and <laughs> you then you—and then he you stopped calling you Cinderella because you got the gator after your hands were like. See, it's always the
0: afterthought of the blisters on my hands that I think about. You know, in the the moment, I'm just like, I got to do whatever I got to do to get the skater in the boat.
1: The adrenaline. Yeah. Yeah. Have you always been fighter? Have you always been more fight than flight? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: In my older age, I'll flight, but. Yeah. What are you? I don't know.
1: I feel like I'm more, like, at this point in my life, I think, I used to be fight, and then that caused me to do, like, not good things, so <laughs> I think I'm more freeze, honestly.
0: And I, yeah. It's crazy how long sometimes things take to, like, hit your brain, like, what do you do? Yeah. I've been doing this cold plunge. You're
1: talking,
0: talking my language? Yes, continue. Okay, so. I saw the video. All right, so you watched it.
1: Yeah, it was the best.
0: Have you ever done that? I do them twice to three times a week. You do them? I love them. Oh,
1: I love this. In fact, our Seek camp, all the the campers, we're doing um, roundup activities six months out. So we do, like, we're going to do two months, four months, six months. And we just did our – did I say – Okay, whatever. Um, (laughs) We just did our roundup activity, and it was an ice bath because there's a dialectical behavior therapy skill called TIP, T-I-P-P, and one of them stands for basically cold cold water emergence, 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 emergency, Um, emergency. Yeah, literally though, because when you're having severe flare ups of anxiety, changing the temperature, whether that's hot or cold um it can really like reset you um it's like
0: the cold for me right now i just started doing these yeah how how many have you done i just saw the. i've only done okay i did the one and then i've only done another one okay yeah No, i've done it this is three times now yeah don't say yourself short three times well it was like because i can get out and run straight to the sun right it's like something about that though. So I got to get over that because it's going to be wintertime at some point and I'm not going to oh, have that no. comfort yeah. of getting to go to the sun. Yeah. Do you jump out and go straight to the sun or do you just like get out like calm, cool and collected?
1: I don't know about that. Back to that fight, flight or freeze. I just freeze and I stay there. I just kind of like reconsider my life.
0: <laughs> like why did I agree to do this? <laughs> But
1: if I, I also, okay, because, um I don't know, there's a thing about, like, feeling like I'm going to die that's really cool when I don't die, you know, because I feel like I'm about to die in the ice bath. Yeah. And then I'm, like, standing there like, God, I'm alive. You know, I'm like, I'm really good.
0: I fell into the water one time with an 11-foot gator on the line and.
1: Freezing cold water?
0: No, not freezing water. cold. water. Thank God. I don't know if I I mean, I look, might. no, it's still scary. There's a gator. Okay. But it was like, it was kind of like how a cold plunge would be, I guess, though, because I fell in and I kicked the line where he was like trying to get underneath the boat and trying to cut himself off on the propeller. So he's like real good and mad. And I was reaching to grab the line and I just overcompensated and the balance just right in. And I remember kicking the line and just thinking, this is it. This is it. Just waiting to see where the gator was going to get me. But then it's like. You click to, and it's like, I think I got back into the boat as fast as I got out. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: A lot of near-death experiences.
1: Yeah. How old are your kids now? 15,
0: 12, and 8. Do they know how cool you are? Um, Are they, like, figuring it out? It's really funny because they'll come in there, and they're like, I just watched you do this, this, or that, and then... They'll ask me, did you really do that? Or somebody will tell them that they saw me do something. But they all go out there and watch us, and they just think it's normal because they know that this is just what we right. do. Right. Yeah. So they don't think, like, they don't understand why people would stand in line. To t- I don't even understand it sometimes. But, I mean, we were sitting there, and people, you know, they stand in line. They want to take pictures. And yeah. I enjoy that so much, but it's still so hard for me to wrap my mind around why somebody would want to meet me you know and talk to me so it's like it's really like a battle with my mind a lot of times too
1: oh i can understand yeah
0: i can see that
1: just because you're a very calm humble person we're about what 20 minutes in <laughs> like i can tell that you were just so humble and that it's probably dangerous because then it's going to make people more obsessed with you oh really yeah it's like that one direction song you don't know you're beautiful i love those songs you know <laughs> that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that checks out. Um so I have an issue with hunting dead animals and stuff and it's not we're not going there, don't worry. Like
0: you don't you have an issue with like hunting or dead no. animal the whole No, 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 no. I, we're not going there at all. Okay. I
1: I okay, let me rephrase. I something happens in my body when I see a dead animal and I'm wondering if you have this or did have this. Okay. Um, for the record, I love hunting <laughs> my family's hunters, so yeah. I don't want to go there. But, um, but literally I will hype myself up to shoot and I've been deer hunting and I've been tried to do dove. I'm going to say I tried to do these things. I didn't always come out successful, but like literally when I'm about to pull that trigger or I see a dead animal or something, there is like a sensation that shoots through my body, <laughs> like disgust. Did you have this? Because it happens every... You described that crocodile, and I was like, oh, my God. I can't... Like, I can't keep my
0: composure. Well, I'll say this. It was a lot easier with the alligators because they're actively trying to bite you, too. You know, they're, like, right. biting the boat. They're doing all right. they can to... Like, if they um, they could murder... I mean, like, looking at them and seeing in their eyes that they would kill me changed a lot. Yeah. But I understand that question because I do feel sympathy and I do, while I'm hunting, I don't go out there with just the intention of, I'm either, I either need meat or I need time to myself. But either way, it's going to be a good experience because there's a reason why I need to be out there. Right. And so... A lot of the times it's just that that was a, either way it's going to be a successful hunt for me because a lot of times it's just me getting out there and spending time with just myself and it's allowing that time. And a lot of it is watching the deer and watching, you know, how they move around, you know, like it's, it's interesting to, to watch them grow and grow their families, but it's also very important to their health and herd that they're managed in a safe way. And so I, typ- I typically, when I have ever felt that way, I'm always very thankful that I'm able to make a fast, quick kill, take ethical shots every chance yeah. you get. It. It's not worth making an unethical shot just at a chance of maybe getting it. And as long as you do all the things in your power to make sure that it's healthy and ethical, then the way that they that the world like that nature would take them is so much different i mean they would just get overpopulated they're already super nasty diseases and you know the other animals and population out there trying to thrive need the management too yes the other little animals and you know raccoons and things like that so it's for the whole ecosystem but i do have to remind myself of that sometimes it's not just like cold-hearted killing out there you know yeah and i think that a lot of hunters typically feel that other people think that when You know, from being a hunter, you know, being in the outdoors, that most of the time, outdoors people are more compassionate people than anybody you'll ever meet in the world. Right, right. That's
1: like so. My grandfather is a bow hunter, and he learned from Pope and Young Group. It's a essentially, it's a an organization. Yeah, you know it. Oh yeah. Oh, great. Then I don't have to explain. Absolutely, your grandfather started that. No, he was. Um, he's in it. Okay. And his, his name is Billy Ellis. Shout out. Um, he's probably in bed right now. But um, he, he has killed all over the world. He's got 26 animals in his house right now as we speak. He loves the Native American culture. And he taught us, you know, when we were kids. And he's taught mostly his kids that, you know, we use every part of the animal. Right. We're very blessed for this. This is the way that it is. But it's a... There, there are significant reasons behind it, like you were touching on. Um, That's so important. It is. It really is. And it's, like, I understand both sides. I totally get it. Um, killing animals, it's hard to understand. <laughs> like, yeah. But I, I've grown up around it, um, you know, and so I, I do have a different perspective on it. And I just don't know what this, like, I don't know if I'm not exposed to it enough If I'm not, but I definitely, I want to learn more. Um, I want to learn how to
0: shoot better because those unethical shots, that's all I know. (laughs) You You would enjoy probably just going out to the range and shooting. Yes. Because it is really fun. Just like shooting is a sport to me. Mm -hmm. And you don't even have to be shooting. It's just like powerful.
1: Definitely is. Yeah. Something was waving. Oh sorry i thought it was a question or something okay <laughs> but yeah i um shot one, one deer and he you know thank goodness i was with my uncle because i didn't get it right i don't know where it got shot but it started walking away and at that point oh. i was losing like feeling in my legs <laughs> like I <can't> finish, him. <laughs> finish him Oh I can't no. do it. it was that time and then i i think uh a duck or something.
0: Well, see, that is another reason why we created this foundation. Because for young women to get involved in outdoors, unless they have someone like you had taken yeah. you out there and explaining to you the importance of respecting the culture, it's a lot different. Yeah. You know, it really does have to do with how you are introduced into the outdoors. Yeah. Because it matters who you learn from. And if they're not respectful of every aspect of the outdoors, it makes you not be the same way either right and I'm thankful that I had all the right people that and I think that that gives me good favor with the universe and the animals too you know it's just about doing the right thing and putting back in what you expect from the world you know
1: right right yeah and I I feel like I have a lot of friends from the north and of course you know they're outdoors or a lot of um it's it's not like Mississippi outdoors, like long roads with no houses that you're going to see. Um, and so they don't really understand it. And I can understand not being from it. You'd have a really hard time getting why, you know, getting that not all hunters are like what you see on TV or um, the police stories that come out yeah they they're in trouble for doing something horrific um but most of the hunters i know have this same belief this pope and young mentality too where they're like we're using the whole thing we're appreciative of it and i'm all with this yeah see i'm like halfway there <laughs> i just need to know that i can shoot at where i'm aiming for um because if not it's horrible.
0: yeah it's so bad yeah. i'm more of yeah. that We'll have to get you out there and do some shooting. Please help me. We'll do it. Yes. It'll be fun.
1: I'll be I'll be along with the adrenaline part. And then yeah.
0: That'll well, we'll that's do like get me there. We'll do some little courses where it's like a couple of like little fast draw things too, where you get to this one and you got a fast draw and then this one you got to shoot around that target. It'll be fun. We'll do like okay. a little competition. You know, like a little okay. drill type thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know?
1: I love that. Okay. Well, I've learned a lot um, just looking on my own about you and about swamp people, but I don't know a whole lot about the foundation.
0: Well, we just started it, and it was just something that four of us women or five of us women were sitting around talking about on a women's panel at the Mississippi Wildlife Extravaganza. And it was all of our backstories that led us to the same place. We all enjoy the outdoors. We all enjoy giving back to the community, but also having our place, you know, having our group of people that we can interact with and, you know, like our tribe, our group. And it's also about getting women into the outdoors that wouldn't have an opportunity otherwise. I don't want them to feel like there's any stipulations with any guys just because they're wanting to go hunting or fishing. So just opening up that avenue of being a place where. Women can get together, learn how to hunt, or even just opening up the avenue to be able to attend certain events that are a group of women that are all like-minded. You know, we yeah. are all about learning about our 30s, but that's just the women that started the foundation. We have a group that was the original members, and then we have the members that are joining, and that's just the growing every day. Yeah, And it's a really... It's really great, and I'm so glad that you came on here and talked to me today. Thank you. I'm so glad I'm so that you came. So happy to have
1: been here.
0: I'm sorry I didn't have any more interesting no. stories. I feel like we just talked about me the whole time.
1: Um, I wanted that. <laughs> you I have got a lot right of around. Questions. I, I came in and I'm like, I'm going to interview you now.
0: <laughs> you did. <laughs> you took turn. over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, yeah. I enjoy getting to talk with you, and I'm looking forward to talking with you more, and maybe we can do some of that shooting on the podcast. Please.
1: Yes. And you can help talk me through that feeling in my stomach that I get when we'll, you pull.
0: I'll get a little, we'll get Danny to come with us, and we'll put a microphone right yes. here, and I'll just smoothly, you'll just have a dead eye in your ear. Oh, I love it. Cold Helping you channel. First. Cold, cold plunge first, Whoa. and then we go shooting.
1: Don't <laughs> over baby steps. I'm down for that part. That's that'll get me rolling. Yes, the cold plunge, absolutely. And then we're gonna eat a California Reaper. Are you around like Reaper? locally? You don't have to yeah. say,
0: but okay, we're cold plunging.
1: Yes, I'd love to.
0: What are you doing tomorrow? Um, tomorrow is Wednesday. If you think I'm not sneaking in a cold plunge, like 10 minutes is all we need. True. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Y'all be looking. We're going to be on here very soon doing a cold plunge. (laughs) And hopefully y'all will get to see more of her soon.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.